What's up, guys? My name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. So if you have a new idea, project, or business that you're working on and you're feeling a little bit stuck, I'd love to help you or connect you with somebody that can. Today, it's Friday. My mom's in town. Really excited. Just got nominated for Austin Under 40, so super stoked about that. But more importantly, I want to talk a little bit about who we have on our episode today, Mrs. Nikki Zaka. She is a fitness influencer here in Austin, Texas, but also a corporate soldier. So I'd love to hear more about her story and then also relate to all the people out there that might be questioning whether they have to leave the corporate world and jump wholeheartedly into the entrepreneurial side. She is a representation of why that's not the case. But before we get into that, I'd love to discuss why are you nervous to be on your first podcast? Oh, I am so <laughs> nervous. I hate being on camera. I hate video. It just like I'm literally shaking right now. I don't like talking in front of people. So I mean, doing the community event, I was terrified for that too. But that's why I loved. I saw this book on the table when I came in. Do one thing every day that scares you because this terrifies me. To be honest, I am very nervous right now. <laughs> well, you're not alone. This terrified me back when we started. It and I'd love to throw a little shout out to Fayez, uh, my buddy. We literally bought $30 lav mics and went to Whole Foods because I was kind of too scared to do it in an environment that was like a little bit more pressure. So you're not alone, and there's probably a lot of other people out there that can relate. But thank you again for breaking past that fear and, and showing up. But you mentioned a, a community event. What are you talking about? So the community event in Austin, I mean, under you guys. So CJ helped us throw a community event for the Austin community in Auditorium Shores and over a hundred people came. And that was the first time ever that I even taught, well, any fitness class at all. I'm kind of just starting getting used to all of that stuff. And I never thought I'd be actually teaching classes. So got on my out of my comfort zone for that too. And just kind of developed a little program that I would give my clients too. So health and fitness entrepreneur and I'd create custom programs for people online. So kind of utilized the programs that I create for people and took that to the community event, just had people run through it. So it was so much fun. Oh yeah. And how did it feel like when you were out there doing that? Oh my God, it was amazing. I would be so down to do that again. I had so much fun. I loved it. And just the vibes and the energy from everybody it made me so happy that was amazing. and that's the funniest part is like you're so nervous and anxious going into these things but as soon as you're in your element yeah it just becomes natural so what you're going to see throughout the progression of this podcast is in the beginning it kind of feels like all right this is new i'm not really used to this but as as we go through this like it's just going to be like we're talking in a coffee shop so yeah. that's where it's something that i had to go through and then even doing the little spiel before this um in the beginning i would trip over my words yeah. and i still do a little bit but you just get better and better and better at it so before we kind of get into and dig into your career and your aspirations and the fitness side of things, where are you from? Where'd you grow up? And how'd you get to Austin, Texas? So from a small town in Massachusetts, it's about 45 minutes outside of Boston. Um, so when I came here, I just tell everybody I'm from Boston because nobody knows any place else in Massachusetts. But uh, literally like three farms in the town, everybody knows everybody type of feel. Um, and I 
grew up in the New England area. My whole family, extended family, is still up there. I'm really the only one that's traveled anywhere else, so it was kind of a big deal to come down here. But Isn't that a um, Northeast thing? Yeah. Where people just stay there. They root themselves. And they definitely expect me to come back and... Uh, <laughs> Get up there too. Yeah, you guys are from Northeast. Yeah, my mom's I always here. forget She's that. <laughs> flew in from Philadelphia. They've been in the same house for tw- going on 26 years. Yeah, I think. so you get it. But um, I went to UNH, New Hampshire. So, and I was a, a springboard diver there. So, D1 diving, walked onto the team. I did it when I was little and ended up not doing it in high school because we didn't have a team or anything, but I was lifeguarding at the college and watched a meet and was like, I miss that. I want to get back to it. So I asked the coach if I could just try out and kind of just went from there. And that helped me get my job at Oracle. So I was a sales person there. I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life in college, to be what did honest. You go to, where'd you go to college? I mean, not where, what did you go to college yeah, for? Yeah. So I wanted to go for exercise science and my dad was kind of the one to say, no, you should get into business because then you can do anything. Like you can go into exercise science or nutrition after school if you want to. That's something that you can always do in the future. So, I mean, I'm very grateful for that advice because now I'm able to do both. So I went for management and marketing and did not think I would want to be in sales at all just because I was a bit more shy. I'm kind of introverted and I don't like, I wasn't very comfortable meeting new people or anything. So that was pressing my comfort zone just originally, but I ended up doing the business development program at Oracle, getting into sales that way, did the full training, and then I actually used them to move down here to Austin. So it's pretty crazy. So you did you start at Oracle in Boston? Yeah. So, so, so did my buddy. Really? He, yeah, my buddy Mike Nessie. So, yeah, no, yeah. I ran into him. I met him. I actually know him. Yeah, so, so I was like, that, I, I know you. We went to Burlington together. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of Burlington, that's where him and I grew up. So that's where oh, it was really? just like, yeah, because so he went from Burlington, New Jersey. To Burlington, and, yeah, Mass. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it was, it, I mean, that's a whole other side topic, but he wasn't too happy about that and always wanted to come out to Austin. Um, <laughs> but it's crazy that I actually had similar advice given to me. So I got halfway through engineering and I was just not happy with it. I was not having fun. My grades were okay, but it was more about, I wasn't feeling connected to my purpose of like actually being in college. But every day I would show up to the gym and I was competing in competitions and I was an athlete and I was telling my dad, I, I really have this passion for exercise science, kinesiology, learning about the body. Um, I've been ill, so that's where I was studying like how to fix myself. So, yeah. But he told me, if you do engineering, you do anything else afterwards. And that's kind of how I shifted. And now I see how crucial that advice is so no in the moment I was so pissed off at him I was like you're keeping me from something that I love I really want to pursue this but looking back it was probably the best advice so (laughs) yeah because now you bring this outside advice to the world of health and wellness and you're unique and that's really what being in entrepreneurship I've been finding is you have to be able to be disruptive without being too disruptive. So yeah. you have to find your own lane. And that's where if you're just went for kinesiology or exercise silence, you're just another person that went for that. But now you add in this extra little flair. So you were in Boston, Burlington, quote unquote, yeah. um, training for Oracle. How long were you there until you got here? It was a year of the development program. And then I was able to get move into an actual sales position. And 
I was at the point, so when I was looking at colleges, I was actually looking down south too because I've always just wanted to travel and I love the south and everything, but I chickened out and went close to home just in case I wanted to go home because I am such a homebody. Um, So I was like, I really just need to go for it and see what other places are out there. So it was between Santa Monica, they have an office out there, or Austin, Um, they don't pay for cost of living out there or like adjust it. So I was like, I've never been to Texas. Might as well try that out. And um, after I interviewed with one of the managers, it was literally a two week. He's like, okay, you'd start in two weeks. So I had no time to really think. I did not know a single soul down here. I've never been to Texas before in my life and was like, well, going for it. It was like, it was like choosing to go to that college that you just randomly applied for. Yeah. And what would your advice be for somebody out there that is looking to transfer jobs or they're in their job and want to go to a new city? So run us through how you even got that interview with that manager. Was it a sporadic thing or were you thinking about it for a while? I was, um, so I was about to chicken out too, to be honest, but after conversations with friends up there, um, other people in the development program that have come from like every part of the country, we had some international people. I mean, I was like, I really need to just go for it or I'm never going to do it if I don't do it right now. So I started reaching out to the directors down here, to managers down here, seeing any open spots that might, I was willing to take anything at that point. It was like, I just need to push myself and get out of my comfort zone and just do it and I was like oh I'll just try it out for a year or two I can always come back type of thing but I was not the case I fell in love with Austin as soon as I got down here. How long ago was that? uh, I've been here three and a half years so it'll be four years in August next August which is insane. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah we're Aaron and I are going on three years so it's it's pretty crazy how yeah it flew by honestly um that first year was definitely very hard just because I was so used to going to my parents house when I needed comfort or having family right there I'm very family oriented we're all very close but yeah I like being home (laughs) and being comfortable so how often do you go how often do you go back to now oh I haven't been back since last fourth of July and I won't be back until next July honestly so that's the tough part, not seeing family, but they just came down actually last weekend. They were here. Awesome. And um, my brother and my cousins were here right before I went up. To, so I, I have a new job right now. So that was another step. I just went for it. You were asking about advice for taking new jobs and careers that terrified me too because I got so comfortable at Oracle for the past like four or five years and this is such a hot topic oh yeah so So, we'll we'll get into that in a a little bit but anyway they came um so my family's still coming one of my cousins is actually still in town for a job so I might be meeting up with her again tonight possibly oh she's coming she might be moving here uh not moving here she's just here for work and so yeah people come and visit me all the time so I still get to see them too but I try to go home once or twice a year at least do you think you'll ever go back I don't miss those winters at all I was hoping you would say that (laughs) I am so cold all the time so I don't think I'll be going back up north if I ever move again it would probably be I love Colorado and I love San Diego so those were my top two choices if I ever move again it's funny Aaron and I have been talking about San Diego a lot recently and everyone we talk to is like yeah I would move there and I'm just like okay that's another sign of like check and then we're also talking about how can we get like a posse 
posse. We, we're starting oh, all these yeah. communities here <laughs> in Austin, Texas. How do we just get a posse to come out with us to San Diego and just oh, like revamp God. San Diego and do all these fun things that we've been doing here. Oh yeah. But I love Colorado as well. I miss snowboarding. Like yeah. I'm, I'm a big snowboard junkie and I have I feel been. like they have similar vibes to Austin too. I just miss the ocean. So San Diego, like being able to surf and paddleboard and just be on the water and everything. That's why I would love it. Yeah, we're actually going to San Diego in two weeks. So I'm very, very Oh yeah, excited. with hyperware, right? Yeah, with hyperware and then also I'm taking Aaron Aaron's coming with me, so we're taking a little bit of a vacation. We're staying in Encinitas, which is where we potentially see ourselves like settling down for a little bit. Um, yeah. I really would like to write a book, and I think like that's that's the spot oh, where that would be I want to write that, like on the beach every day and uh, a little bit more quiet. The office we're in right now is in East Austin, and then it's we're right near downtown. It's so fast paced that I love it right now, but I also know that like to to Settle do some of the things that I want to yeah. to accomplish in life. I'm going to slow down a little bit, but we're going to speed this conversation up a little <laughs> bit. Um, you were at Oracle and then where did fitness play into this mix? So you went, you went to college and you're diving on the swim team. Run us through like what your experience was with that and how that transitioned into kind of what you do in health and wellness today. Yeah, so I always say that I kind of stumbled upon my little side baby, as I like to call it. But um, So I was always in athletics and did sports my whole life, but I didn't lift. I wasn't very much into nutrition. I mean, I ate disgusting. Uh, I was always kind of chubby growing up too. Even though I did sports, I wouldn't work out by myself other than that. Why do you, why do you think that is? Um... I honestly, I didn't either. So yeah, fine. I think I just, I was like, oh, this is my workout for the day. And I wasn't really into it and I never really learned. So not having that knowledge of how to do it and what I should be doing. Yeah, I was kind of chubby. That was the answer <laughs> that I wanted because we should be teaching it in schools, but. Yeah, no, I wish somebody did because as soon as I started learning about it, that's when I fell in love. So that was college. When I walked onto the diving team, we got a lifting coach. You start learning about the nutrition. Like I said, I wanted to be in exercise science because I always loved learning about the body and the movements and everything of that. But it wasn't until I hit college that I really fell in love with training and how food can affect the body and all of that stuff. So getting into diving, when I started lifting, that's when my body changed. Um, I ended up losing 25 pounds because it was combining lifting and cardio and diving sessions and doing a ton of core work for diving. So I remember it was between sophomore and junior year. When I came back for junior year, my whole team was like, what happened? Because they don't see you for two or three months over the summer. But I honestly didn't even notice it because it was just part of my life at that point and I wasn't meaning to lose weight. But because I was being more conscious of just eating healthier and I was lifting and being more active, it just kind of happened that way. I would say there was one point where I was like, holy crap, I need to do something. I mean, I definitely did the freshman 15 when I first went on before diving, was drinking way too much, 
eating disgusting things at the food hall and everything. And yeah, it showed. And I remember going back for the summer freshman year and just being like horrified. I hated my body. I hated myself, honestly, because of that. And I would go to food for comfort instead of trying to do something about it. So I remember one day I was just looking in the mirror and kind of depressed, honestly. I was like, why am I not doing something to change this though. So there was that moment. And then once I started learning about the nutrition and lifting, I fell in love with that. I started like researching everything by myself on the side too, and just trying to play with different diets and different things that worked for me and my body. So when I lost the 25 pounds, posted a picture on Instagram, it was when Instagram was just first starting out and everything. And it blew up somehow. I honestly had no idea what I was doing. I was just posting it like, hey, this is cool. You you were one of the first people to be vulnerable. Like that's the thing. And my question would be, was there a breaking point? Do you remember when there was just like this one point where it was like, I'm going to make a change or was it more gradual of you stumbled upon the diving team? Was there something in you that you innately had or was it something that you just stumbled upon? I think it was both. I mean, Every person has issues or body issues and things that they want to change, but I would literally get up and look in the mirror in the morning and squeeze my belly fat. It was my worst part of my body. I hated my stomach. I always thought I don't even care if I lose weight on my legs or my arms or anything. I just want a flat stomach. I would like be bulging (laughs) everywhere. It's disgusting. And I was horrified with myself and thought I was disgusting, honestly, when I looked in the mirror. So it was that mixed with joining the diving and getting the resources and education that I needed to actually make a choice is when it really clicked. And I was like, I should do something about this. Why am I just hating myself and my body? And I should be able to love myself and find confidence and not be ashamed when I look in the mirror type of thing. Yeah, that's so powerful. And I love how you said everybody struggles with that because there's so many sides and faces to that. And to that point would be myself. Like I had the exact opposite problem. I was super skinny and I couldn't figure out like as a male, like being super skinny and I'm not tall and just bullying when you're growing up and yeah. not, not feeling, feeling inferior is, is really what it is. Now for women, you feel that pressure in a different way. And I've seen that with my wife. It's just a different type of pressure. Oh, yeah. But the thing is like, it's there for everybody. And that's where, thank you for, for being candid. And there's probably a lot of women out there that feel that way right now. And that's where my advice would be to do kind of like what you did and like surround yourself with winners, quote unquote, you join the swim team. So you're around these people that already have the knowledge that you're looking to accrue and then also have the motivation because if you have the knowledge, but you don't have the motivation, you're kind of screwed. And if you have the motivation and you don't have the knowledge, you're probably going to hurt yourself. So it sounds like you were kind of doing each of your researching on your own, but then you're surrounding yourself with this swim team. So that's where within one year you completely transform yourself. And then kudos to you for being vulnerable and posting about it because you hit the algorithm when nobody was bitching about an algorithm. (laughs) So run us through like, okay, you posted this, you were vulnerable and then it started blowing up. What changed in your life from that day forward? Uh, And when was this specifically? 
Ooh, I'm forgetting the year. So now it's like six or seven years ago, which is insane to think back on. So it was my junior year of high school, of high school, of college, sorry. And it changed just because there wasn't an explore page or anything like that. So I'd, or maybe there was, and I had no idea what I was doing, but. <laughs> I mean, you, you hit it when BBG just started, right? Oh yeah. So I, I followed think, her when, when she was like. I don't think there were stories. So there was no. like an explore and hashtag, like, ha- like using fitness hashtags was a huge thing. I think yeah. then that's how you kind of found it. I honestly, this, I like, didn't know what hashtags were. I was such a noob, did not know what I was doing, just posted it, somehow blew up. I started selling Beachbody programs because one of their reps reached out and was like, saw your picture, I think you'd be a good fit. And um, my mom was always P90X and all those (laughs) programs. So I was like, oh, cool, I could sell those on the side. It would be fun. So I started- But you're not a set, you were telling, you literally were just saying how like when you were in marketing, you're like, you couldn't see yourself selling. So how how did that- No, I just, I went with it. I was was pretty open to anything at that point. I just uh, was- was willing to learn and I wanted to try new things. I don't know. I was just very curious. <laughs> well, I still am. I think that's part of why I get into everything new and keep trying to push myself and try new things just because I am a very curious human being. So I was like, what can it hurt? I'm not like spending money or doing anything. If it doesn't work, I'll just stop. <laughs> so started selling like Shakeology and those programs and everything. Wasn't really doing great at that and wasn't making any sales really. And people were saying, I don't really care about these programs or Shakeology. We want to know how you did your transformation and that specifically. So that's how I kind of went into creating my own custom programs and plans instead of selling somebody else's product. It was more telling my story and how I got there and the methods that I used to lose weight and kind of change my life. So went from there. And that's so empowering because I feel like a lot of people when we're younger, we are impressionable. So as soon as we do something like you did, and then we get one person reaching out to us. Cause I remember specifically when I just was growing cool my account, it's just like, oh my, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, oh my God, this is so cool. Someone cares enough to reach yeah. out. So you start saying yes to everything. Exactly. And then you get like a month into it and you're just thinking to yourself, is this really who I am? Or was just me in the moment saying of this yes. boost of dopamine saying yes. And that's the cool thing is everyone goes through that as well. And yeah. that's the only way that you learn, which I love how, you, how you're mentioning like just constant learning because I think there's a lot of people that are afraid to just say yes to things because they're afraid of what's at the other side. But just like I was you said, one of them, but then I just change. started saying yes to everything. <laughs> and you could just change. Yeah. And so you started creating these programs. How has that been an important part of your life today? Because you just mentioned that you do have a new job yeah. and you also do a lot, ton of fitness classes and then you have your Instagram. How do you balance all that out? What does that look like? So I do my corporate life, my full-time job, because I honestly like sales now. Uh, Once I got into it and I realized I I can be good at this and um, I love connecting with people, which that's another huge reason why I'm glad that I pushed myself to go after that because it really expanded my horizons when I was like, oh, it's not so scary just connecting with people and I can be out there and So I started going with that. I have my full-time job as sales. I am at a 
completely new company. They're kind of a startup, but it's still software sales. And I'm comfortable there. And I like having the full-time benefits. And I do enjoy all the people that I work with and learning on that, the technology front and being exposed to the corporate life there. And so I, I like having that as my stable full-time job. And then on the side, I mean, fitness and health is just my passion. I love it. So really, it doesn't seem like an extra job to me. It's just something that I love. And when I get responses from clients or people saying that you made a small change or you impacted somebody in some small way, I mean, that's why I love what I do and that I keep doing it because just interacting with people and seeing the changes that I helped provide for them or seeing that I was a small piece of why they're happy now or changing their life. That's everything How does that to feel me. compared to money? Like it's oh just, my God. Yeah, it's, I don't even care about the money. It's not about the money at all. If I wasn't getting paid for any of the programs or anything, I think I'd still do it yeah, and do advice. So That's why I love the fitness scene for the, yeah. the real people that, that really care because seeing people change and gain confidence and be able to hop on a podcast like yourself yeah. <laughs> and just own it is what really is what it's all about. But I think what would be most valuable to our audience is learning a little bit about how you couldn't see yourself in sales and then now you were crushing it at Oracle and found yourself applying to even a, another job and continuing in sales. What was the hardest thing when you first got into sales? What was the, the toughest part? Um, I think just being able to get rejected. It's so freaking scary. Like cold calls. I still don't like cold calls. I get nervous for that. Just like being on camera or something. I mean, I get nervous every cold call I'd say still, but it's kind of an adrenaline rush too because the nerves kind of play into um, who I am. I know I'm a little awkward, so I just go with that. And I think people like that, especially in sales because I've been meeting with C-level people now and with different directors and different industries and companies and just learning how to adapt and be able to talk to them and see what they really care about and what's valuable to them. And I think it's more the people connection side of what I fell in love with sales because being able to talk to anybody and just kind of morphing into, oh, this is kind of who I need to be when I talk to them to see what value I can bring to them. And that's helped with my fitness stuff too and in the health industry. So I think it's also just playing off of each other and being able to learn and take things from each side and continue to grow in that sense too. So what were you actually selling when you were at Oracle? So I did the core tech products, which is database, middleware. So it's all software technology. Honestly, I am not technical at all. I don't know anything about tech. So it was a big learning curve on the actual product side. But I learned that I just loved having conversations with people and being able to connect with different types of people too. So learning how to talk to DBAs in a company versus the CFO and how to have conversations with kind of everybody in the walk of life. So I'm familiar with Oracle because I'm one of my good friends, but obviously the audience isn't. So you're getting out of college and like you have they no idea throw sales you in. and you just yeah. get thrown in. Cause I remember when I was in sales, they just throw you in. And it's like, all right, you're cold calling now. Yeah. I'm just like, 
oh shit, like yeah. I don't know what the <laughs> hell I'm doing. So when you first started doing that, was there any part of you that was like, I'm not going to be able to do this? Oh I, yeah. I don't know if I'm going to Like every day. <laughs> um, but we did, they do a really good development program. You get sent out to San Fran for a month. I don't know if they still do that. So if you're looking for a job, I, I don't quote me on that anymore. <laughs> but um, we got flown out to San Fran for a month for a full training where you're just learning about the products and how to sell and everything. But it's Oracle. It's a massive company. So you're out there with like 500 other kids that are going to be selling completely different things than you. So it was very general. And it wasn't very tailored to your message or anything. So you get back and you're like, shit, I still don't know what I'm doing or how to sell this. So, I mean, I think also just being an athlete and having that background with being a diver in college and balancing that with work and everything. I mean, you do get that sense of urgency and just motivation to succeed. So I think that was something that I got back. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm just going to go for it and started hitting the phones, emails, just kept trying. And I think because of that, it kind of made me stand out from some of the other business development reps. So I was very successful in that role too, just because I was willing to put in the work where others. Well, so describe putting in the work. So what, what does a day in the life look like of someone that wants to succeed in that role? A lot of calls, a lot of getting yelled at. What's a lot? <laughs> um, what was our metrics back then? It was like 50 calls a day. And then you'd be sending out mass emails. I mean, it's also depending on what companies you have and your territory. How many people would pick up in a day? Not a lot. Nobody picks up their phone, especially now. I think email and LinkedIn is definitely the big things for people to actually get meetings now. But um, back then, they would have a ton of call metrics. So it might have even been 100 a day. It was insane, but it's just dials. And uh, not a lot of people would pick up a lot of voicemails and then you'd have like your manager sitting in on your calls. So then I'm shaking even more because if somebody actually does pick up, you're so <laughs> nervous because you're like, oh shit, I don't even know what I'm saying right now. But um, it was Did a Did you lot have of- any moments? Like I remember when I was in sales, there was just calls that I just completely fucked up. Oh and yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> But you learn from them. That's part of developing and learning and I think that's how I became a better sales rep because I fucked up a lot and I got yelled at a lot from different people from internal for reaching out to people that I shouldn't have been but you learn from those mistakes and just make it better the next time and tweak your messaging or know how to talk to people for the next time so you have to go through those failures to be better. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things where you learn to respond rather than react. That's why yeah. I, I I love that I went into sales a little bit because you were told, especially in my training, it's how to slow down time and respond in the right way rather than just have a gut reaction because you are fired up and your adrenaline's going yeah. and you're scared. But at the end of the day, if you can dial it into this is one little phone call on this planet earth where you're one in seven billion people and nobody really gives a shit so if you slow it down what i started doing was you get better and better at it because you just make it more human rather than trying to sell something so if you can respond to the person if someone's like I don't want to talk to you X, Y, Z. And you can be empathetic towards that like i get it instead of trying to continue to sell you have a little bit more 
success. And that's where I think sales scares people because it's constant reaction. Like we're human beings, we're reactionary beings. So if someone starts yelling at you, your natural reaction is like either is two things. I'm going to yell back or I'm going to go into my cave and be like, oh, okay. Like that's what I started doing when I was initially. I was just like, as soon as someone was like pissed, I'd be like, okay, I'm sorry. Like I won't call you back. (laughs) Bye. Rather than being like, hey, I get it. I'm sorry that in some sort of way we upset you. I don't want to upset you. We can put you on our no call list, stuff like that. And then they would start feeling sorry because they realized that they started yelling and I was a human being. So it was like all this mind play and psychology. So for me, like I was reading up on psychology and, and listen better. Was there any point where you were studying or was it all just straight on the, on the job learning? Well, so I learn best when I'm actually just thrown in and doing it. So I like, more action than studying. But um, I think what, when it really shifted for me is just realizing I'm not a salesperson. I'm here to listen and help provide value for them. So just having that shift of mindset of my role and what I should be doing, it really helps to actually listen and help provide value and find a solution that would, yeah. yeah. So again, plays into my other fitness role too so I was learning to do that with clients and everything too so like we were talking about before it's really not about the money or anything for the health and fitness business it's more about really helping people and I've learned how to do that better with sales but it also because I am not in it for the money or anything it's just because I'm passionate about it and I love it and I want to help people that's why I'm keeping it on the side because once I make it a full-time job, it kind of takes away the passion almost because it, it, you feel like pressure, yeah, pressure to make enough money and make it your living. And I, I don't want it to be that. I want it to just be able to help people. That's awesome, man. Moment of silence for that response right there because <laughs> I, I, there's a lot of people out there that reach out to me in the corporate world feeling pressure to jump ship and do their own thing because everyone's doing their own thing at our age, but they don't realize the the pressure and also the fact that you're going to have to do things and you don't really want to do. So yeah. like when I started having to do certain things and realize, oh crap, I have this pressure on me now that if I don't pay my bills, like I don't pay my bills. Yeah. Like there's severe consequences to this rather than if you're living this life where you have a salary and benefits you get paid vacation and you have other people doing the little administrative things like paying insurances and all these different things. They don't realize once you take it on, on yourself that you become a salesperson for that. And I don't want to be worried about sales. I'm either going to help you and we'll work together or it's not a good fit. And right now it's cool. Hell yeah. So we'll shift that into how did you end up getting this new role and where do you foresee yourself going in the future with both fitness and sales? Yeah, so I got this new role actually. It's a director that used to work at Oracle. I never worked directly for him, but I used to sell into Toronto, the big banks, financial institutions up there. And he was a field sales director, so I was inside sales. And he just knew my name from 
I feel awkward saying that. I was one of the top performers on my no. team, so he knew my name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so when he went to this new company, and they're based in Ottawa, Canada, but they're looking to expand into the U.S. because that's where all their sales are, but they don't have any field reps down here. So he actually just called me up saying, I need somebody for South Central that will be willing to go out and meet clients in person. Um, would you just interview for this job? And I looked up the job online and it scared the shit out of me because I did not meet the qualifications for this. It was like eight to 10 years of field rep experience with a background in product lifecycle management or regulations in um, startup. And I had none of those. So I was like, well, I'm just going to go for the interview and see what happens and ended up beating out some of these other guys that have been in the industry for 20 years. So that's pretty cool too, I think. So what do you attest that to? I'm stubborn, I think, and just <laughs> uh, my drive. So once I have something, I'm one of those people that once I have something in my head that I want this, I'm going to get it. <laughs> I yeah, don't care. I'm going to do whatever it takes. Yeah. yeah. And so I had to do a lot of the background research. I was doing presentations. I was doing reaching out to a lot of the reps in the company just to get more background information. And I think he saw that and that I was putting in the time and effort and that I was hungry for it. So, And that, that's the thing. That's what shows that when you get this role, you're going to stay there. Like yeah. You're going to stay hungry. And for any college kids or somebody looking to get a new job, the advice that I've always had was you got to go above and beyond to oh, show yeah. that you actually want the job. Because like when most people are like, yeah, I don't really like my job. I'm just putting my application out there. No, take control of your life. Yeah. Where do you want to be? Where do you want to go? What do you want to do? Why do you want to do it? And if you show that, you're going to get better responses and everything. Yeah. And honestly, it was just the perfect timing because I just started to look for other jobs because I knew I wanted to be a field rep. I was putting out applications to a bunch of different places. And then when he called me up, I was like, oh, cool, if this happens and I'm not qualified and this would at be like five try. steps like, and that's up. The thing. Yeah. At, least, at least he'll give you your all. So what what is the day in the life of a field rep now? What does that look like? So I actually just started, I just got back from Canada. I was doing two weeks in training up there, meeting the team and learning about all of the products and product lifecycle management, supply chain data management and all about the regulations and compliance issues, which is going to be a complete um, change yeah, yeah, from Oracle. So it's a big learning curve there too, but it was a lot of information to take in. So now I've just been home getting ramped up, making a lot of calls, a lot of emails, reaching out to uh, my new clients, and hopefully I'll start being able to actually meet people in person. So it'll be a lot more travel from now on too. So then I'll have to shift. Working out is a huge passion of mine. I need to work out every day. So I was not a morning workout person at Oracle when I was the eight to five, had a strict schedule. And now that I'm working remote, I'll get up at six, do a little workout work all day and then give myself a little break at night, go to a class at True Fusion or something. So just learning how to do that schedule and fit um, my act, my personal needs with the new work too. So that'll be a little different once I start traveling. I'll have to figure that out as I go. <laughs> Hell yeah. And how, how has that transition been? Do you like the working out a little bit more in the morning or like how have you adjusted to remote? Because I know for me it was a huge transition oh, yeah. because there's so many gaps of time that when you're at your office, 
there there is no gaps. You're no, just, just there. No, just so structured. And then now there's yeah. gaps. So it's just like, oh, this whole It's a new huge world. learning curve. Yeah. So since we had a ton of morning practices at college for diving, like I'd have to get up at four, you'd do a run, you'd get in the freezing cold water and I hated it. So I was like, I will never do morning workouts ever again after that. Waking up at six is a little better. So I actually love doing that now because it gets me up, like energized for the rest of the day. I'm ready to go. So it's actually been really good. So then I can work through like lunch and everything and then have my actual lifting or do something later in the yeah, day have it, too. Have it more flexible at night. Yeah. So the advice to that would be just like get whatever you need to get done in the morning and then any wants usually leave to later the the yeah exactly yeah. man I've, I've tried to be the morning workout person but i just can't i'm like a, a I've one been or doing two like or short three p.m guy yeah. always i feel most creative in the morning once i'm up and it's like seven eight nine i feel the most creative to just like crank out whatever oh, i need yeah. to crank out so i mean it's different for every person that's the thing so yeah. it's just like find what works for you yeah and that's what i preach with clients too hell yeah so go a little bit into that like and I know you don't like to boast, but <laughs> Nikki is a badass and would love to help you with your fitness goals. But I want to learn a little bit more about what your program entails and then feel free to sell yourself. You're a sales, <laughs> sales rep. So like, let's hear it. Yeah. So I work with, I would say mainly it's women age range, like 18 to fifties. I'd say mainly college girls reach out to me or moms or just women that are trying to get healthier because they see what I've done in my journey on Instagram and they'll reach out. And I work with everybody individually. So it's completely customized. I don't have a one track, just buy it online and it works for everybody because I don't believe that's the case for anybody. Not the same workouts that I do might not work for somebody else. So I really want to learn about my clients, their day-to-day, -day, what they currently do now, and then really tailor it to what they need and what they'd actually stick to. Because a lot of programs out there right now are so restrictive or very intense workouts. So people will do it for a month or so, and then they get worn down and they stop doing it and then they gain everything back or they just go back to their old ways. So I want to develop a program for people that they can actually maintain long-term to have a healthy life, not just lose weight and three weeks and then go back to their old ways. So I'm really about working with the customer individually and customizing for exactly what Someone you that gets that it's going to be more of a long-term plan. Yeah. I want to make little changes every day, help you make those lifestyle changes so you can maintain it long-term. And it's not about doing a strict diet or limiting yourself or anything. I mean, we all get cravings. We all want to indulge in stuff. You can do that in moderation, but 100%. healthy. So how has your career helped your hobby and then your hobby helped your career? So like you have clients on the side for health and wellness. And then obviously you had Oracle and now have a new role. How have they worked together to help push you above and beyond? So, I mean, like, I think we touched upon it before, just the sales and getting that background and how to talk to people and communicate and 
reach out and everything. So a ton of what I learned at sales and in the corporate world can be put into developing my own programs and learning about technology. So, I mean, you helped me with some of my site things and trying to get that up and running and just... I think that the sales part and learning how to work with different people and be sympathetic helped with my health and wellness. Um, Funny story, actually, I had last week, I reached out to somebody that's for my corporate job as a prospect on LinkedIn. And uh, she actually emailed my Gmail account being like, hey, you just added me on LinkedIn. I saw that you're also a fitness person. Awesome. Yeah, and so before I could even respond to her asking about the program, she just bought it online. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, I can't even leverage this to help get a meeting for my actual job. Too. <laughs> but that was funny. That doesn't happen too often, but I do have it on my LinkedIn and everything. So sometimes they do. Hey, it might be a align. sign of the future. Yeah. So like that, that's a pretty cool story. So we're getting close to wrapping up here. So the last thing that I always love to know um, is what are your dreams? What are your aspirations? What do you want to do in the next five years, 10 years, 20 years? What is thriving look yeah. like to you? So I definitely want to get, not in any time future, I don't think, but I want to get into sales management eventually because I think that's a more stable where I can actually settle down somewhere. So corporate life, that's my role. But for the health and wellness, I really just want to help out as many people as I possibly can. I mean, my goal for my whole side hustle is just to connect with people and essentially help you find self-love and self-confidence through fitness and health the way that I did because it changed my life. And if I can be a small part of changing anybody else's life, I think that's what really means something to me. Hell yeah. So we're going to end right there. Where can our audience find you? What is the best way to get in contact with you? Yeah. So like, look me up on Instagram. It's get fit with Nick. Um, we'll get fit underscore N-I-K-K. Or getfitwithnick.com is my website. So you can find everything there too. Awesome. And anything else? Any final departing words? Any inspo? Um, if you have struggled with any body images, any looking for advice from somebody that's been through that, I still have body issues right now. There's still people that critique what I look like or my body composition now. So we still, everybody goes through that even as you're transforming your body too. So I really want to help people through those issues and show that everybody goes through it and we're here just to help each other and elevate each other and be supportive. So that's all I really want to do. Awesome. Well, thank you, Nikki. For those that are listening, anybody out there who has health and wellness goals or is looking to possibly become a sales rep of some type of capacity, please feel free to reach out to her on Instagram at getfitwithnick underscore Nick, N-I-K-K. She'd love to talk with you. And again, I just love to thank you for hopping on here. I know it's been a crazy February for you and we had kind of had to adjust our times a little bit, but I appreciate you adapting to that and also conquering your fear to come on the podcast and inspiring other people. I'm not shaking anymore. Yeah, so that's she, a good she thing. crushed it. Um, so that's where my, my final parting words are don't let your fear or your current circumstance define you. So for Nikki, she wanted to 
improve her health in many ways and was able to do so not only through sports and athletics, but also through her career, which pushed her to kind of jump out of her comfort zone and continue seeking to learn and try new things. So anybody that knows me knows I'm all about that, which is one of the reasons I had her come on here. And I'm so blessed by all the community here in Austin, Texas. And thank you again for listening. So this is CJ Finley with the Thrive on Life podcast. Thrive on everybody.